this special Driving to the Hotelier concert episode of the Listening Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Um, thanks everybody who has given our podcast a listen. If you don't mind, um, if you consider subscribing on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, we'd really appreciate it. Let's go. to the first ever driving podcast of the Listen In Podcast. That's right, we are on the open road right now on our way to see the hotel year in Boston, Massachusetts. So Jake and I, our weekly podcast night, as you know, is Thursday. That's when we record. So we decided, you know what? Let's kill two birds with one stone. We're going to record whilst we drive. Jake, what, what are your thoughts on this? Good idea, bad idea? Um, it's We're going to see. And I was thinking earlier, if we get in a uh, fatal or, or tragically uh, injuring uh, car crash, this will, this will be our record. This will document the whole thing. It'll be like the Grizzly Man, where he lived with amongst his, his friends, the Grizzlies, and they turned on him. Our friend is the open road. We're in the midst of passing someone right now. But. We are. So if you hear the clicking, so so basically there will be some uh, there will be some, some some surrounding noise in this episode. You might hear the, but that's just the sound of the open road. But you mentioned that's, that's ambiance. If if, um, if we die in this, that's yeah. actually a great record to have for our families, a, posterity. A living document. They would get. It's funny. It's they would get us joking about dying and then dying. Yeah. <laughs> so that might. Uh, it would be like a black box recording. In truth, I mean, as long as my laptop's not destroyed on route, right. hardly uh, as as like indestructible as a black box. Yeah, but. I don't think this like flimsy Mac would make it through. MacBook Air. Oh wait, no. Wait, yeah, yeah, MacBook Air, right? Yes. Yeah, that's gonna snap like a fucking twig. But we're here. We're driving on our way to see the hotel. You're very excited. So we wanted to have sort of a uh, driving-themed episode, yep. almost, yep. because why not theme it around driving? Yeah, and music and driving are integrally related. Yep. They're, you know, what what else do you do in the car besides listen to music? That's true. Podcast, that was the answer. That was the answer you I was looking a podcast, for. and I right. think you said it right before, Sean. You said, welcome to the first ever driving podcast, and then you screwed up because you qualified it, and you said, of uh, our podcast? I'm going to say that this is, uh, we're breaking new ground. This is the first ever driving podcast. It might be, it might not be. I, it's not. There's I, no way yeah, it is. Probably not. But we, we're going to claim. We'll edit that part out, and we're going to claim. We'll cut that in post. We'll cut that in post. So, um, let's see, we wanted to discuss a little bit about just in general driving to concerts, so capturing the mood of, so living in New Hampshire, Sean, means that we have to do an awful lot of driving to get to concerts. Usually it's an hour here to Boston, an hour up to Portland, Maine. Uh, Describe for me the mood you're usually in on the way down. Um, Basically, or up as it were. We've gone to so many now. Mm-hmm. The drive there has become very routine. Yeah. It just feels like another thing you do. It feels very, very normal. I remember though, back when we were younger, we didn't go to as many shows. The drive there was always a little bit exciting. You're going to a new spot, new city. You're like, ooh, it's it's uh, it's a little bit of a challenging drive into Boston. I hope you make it. So it was a mixture of excitement and dread, and nervousness, yep. anxiety. Uh, fun though, because you're usually with your friends. You're talking, yeah, you're around, pushing so, each other around, joking around. Right, right. Just you know, you know, blinding the driver, all the just, fun stuff. Just dudes being guys. Exactly. You know? Just guys being dudes. And what I've noticed is on the way back though, none of that excitement is there anymore. You're just really tired. Yep. You're 
maybe you're a little disappointed because the show wasn't worth the drive. Yeah. Um, you just want to be home. You just want to be in bed. What about you? What are what are your experiences? So the drive back is definitely different. The drive down, you're right. It's usually rife with excitement. Usually I'm rearing to go, ready to hear some music. One fun thing that's uh, always interesting to do, there's really no point in doing it, but it's, some, it's a discussion we and friends usually have, is trying to guess the set list of, of what a band will play. So say you're going to Def Cab, you maybe say, ooh, what will they open with? Maybe they open with, I don't know, uh, what's a what's a, a recent one of the new album? Like Ghost of Beverly Road or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What will they open with? So with the hotel year, what are we thinking? What do we think will be the opener? What's a closer? What's an encore? Okay. All right. Opener for hotel year. And I haven't cheated. I haven't looked at I any set lists. No, no set lists Which I don't NFL. normally do. I don't normally do that. Well, it really I like to be surprised. Bit. I do too because yeah. when we went to Modern Baseball, I looked into it and their set lists for the past three, like, few shows before we went were like all the same. So I actually kind of ruined it for myself and, a little bit. And I bit. looked at it too for that one yeah. and I was like, oh, you're playing Cook right now? This would have been a nice surprise to know or yeah. to not know. Yep. And I'm like, oh, and also you only have a few songs. But now. there we were knowing. Yeah. Yeah, there we were. So knowing. I don't like to look at set lists. Now, what I'm thinking for the hotel year, I f- I wouldn't be surprised if they open with an introduction to the album. I think that'd be a fitting opener yeah. from their first from, from their second, from their record, second album. Yeah, home like no place is there. I think they might open with um, piano player. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that would that be yep. like I, yep. or not not piano player rather. What is the um, Sorry, the second is it Goodness Part Two? Yeah. What's the second song after the the vocal intro? Goodness Part Two. Goodness Part Two is what I meant. Okay. Because I could see them opening the concert, coming out, and just starting with that drum beat. You know oh, I mean? just yeah, the drum beat yeah, that yeah. kicks off the show. Yeah. Yep. Uh, might be that a good way to warm up the second, the third album. Yep. Might warm up the new show. Yep. I can totally see um, that. What about a closer? Closer. So are we talking like closer before the encore? Yeah, pre encore. Okay. Um, pre encore closer, I think, is going to. It's a tough one. Uh, this is so hard because sometimes what ends up happening is bands will play like their de facto big song at that yeah, point and yeah. then come back with a little bit of a, a curveball for their encore. Yeah. Other times, though, they end with a moderately popular song yeah. and then come back with their absolute banger hit. Sometimes they'll close with a song that maybe you didn't expect, but they do something yeah. new with it live. Like, yeah. for example, I could see them, this might be off the wall a little bit, maybe they close with Sun. And it's like really long, and he does the screaming you know part, and it closes out the show. I think it's gonna be you in this light. Yeah, I could see that. And then I think encore closer is your deep rest. Okay. Yeah, I could see that too. I think they play if they do an encore, they do something from that uh, from home, like no place is there. Yeah. Um, and that's I think your deep rest is as good a guess as a guess as any. Yeah. For um, sure. But and we'll be back after the show. We'll do a little follow up recording. Yes. Where we'll actually qualify what what would ended up happening. Yeah, we'll discuss the show in, a, in, in some depth. Yep. Ooh, we're going over some rumbles. You yeah. got you the, the listeners are hearing the uh, this is the true open road. Now Sean I wanna <laughs> what do you think we're more like? Are we more akin to Jack Kerouac <laughs> from On the Road? You're laughing, but I'm being no, serious. I, or are we more like JoJo from R V? Uh um, who are we more like <laughs> I'm gonna throw a third one in there. Yeah. I think we're like Alexander Supertramp. Alexander I feel like Alexander. I feel like Alexander. Um, 
Christopher McCandless of Into the Wild. Basically, we're heading out on what we think is going to be a great adventure, only to end in tragedy and starvation. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, if you take one false turn on this straight shot down to Boston, yep. Sean, we will be... We might end up dead in a in bus the in the Alaskan wilderness. The, the grizzly man comparison might become <laughs> yeah. true. So, so, yeah, on the way back, we'll talk a little bit about what the hotel year actually did, and you'll probably hear it, uh, a notice, noticeable change in oh, mood. Oh, we're going to be so much less excited. Yeah. The, the timber in our voices is going to be different. Yeah, maybe our voices are a little hoarse, but you're, you're getting the real deal. So we wanted to do a couple segments, segments. this episode. So we have a recurring segment. Yes, we do. Um, the whitest thing we did all week. Um, so we started this last week, if you'll recall, listeners, the first, uh, the inaugural whitest thing we did all week was attend a Tallest Man on Earth concert in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, in the park, outdoors. Um, <laughs> with with a bougie port town yeah, in the northeast. Yeah, literally not, I, I, I mean, I wasn't looking that the might, whole time. That might be like an end of the year thing, what we yeah, should do. Yeah, the is, thing I did, thing I did this year. That's, uh, that's well, a front that's runner. front runner, right? That's is, the one seed. That's the, that's the, um, it's going to be tough to knock that horse. Although, we did have a couple, a good, good couple uh, white things we did this week, Jake. What was yours? Okay, so the whitest thing I did all week, Sean, was I, for my birthday a couple weeks ago, got a gift card to Whole Foods. So this week I went to Whole Foods, and um, which is white enough. Sure. You know what I mean? Because it was in Bedford, New Hampshire, which for anyone who doesn't know, Manchester, New Hampshire is like the biggest city in New Hampshire. Bedford is a suburb off of that that's basically just a gated community for all white people who are like just old rich white people. So they, they of course have a Whole Foods. Yep. I went and I bought some uh, artisanal English muffins. <laughs> oh my god. That was the whitest thing I did all week. I like looked through the baker, I was like, ooh, ooh. Actually, you know what? I was a little pissed they didn't have my good old Thomas English muffins. <laughs> nooks and crannies. Nooks and crannies. These don't have nooks and crannies yeah, and they're, they're more art- calories. That, that doesn't seem to make sense. If you're buying artisanal English muffins, they should have no calories. Well, dude, they don't have the same amount of nooks and crannies. There's more bread. That's, uh, and so they're, actually, they're more savory. They're like, they have like a kind of a layer of, it seems like oiliness. I don't know if I like that. Here's the thing, they were really, really good. That was the whitest thing I did all week. Sean, what, what about you? What all right, was... so I kind of have a two-parter whitest thing I did this week. So this was on Monday. I signed up for Pinterest. Wow. Okay. okay. So I signed up for Pinterest. Yep, that's white. To get ideas about like, um, like how to turn wood pallets into other things. So little backstory I I made a we recently moved into the new house as everybody knows everyone knows everyone knows and I made a bed out of wood pallets so I have some leftover pallets and I was looking for ideas on what to do with them so I signed up for Pinterest to get ideas about these I held out for a long time finally did it it's awesome by the way and the second part to that was I ended up deconstructing one of my old pallets just getting the planks out of it and making shelves out of them to put records up on my wall. Yeah. And that was the latest thing I did this week. Yeah, and it was, and you did it in a house in Manchester, New Hampshire with your four white roommates. Right. So that, yeah, it was a fairly white thing. I think, so listeners, write in on Twitter. We should have a poll. Yeah. Who did the whiter thing? Yeah. What was whiter? Was going to Whole Foods and buying artisanal English muffins or was constructing (laughs) shelves out of wood pallets? To hang my superfluous records on which was whiter we want to vote uh we'll 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 get a poll going after this um so we have a couple driving themed segments for this episode um the uh first of which is best driving album memories so we're going to talk so like you said earlier sean to give a little preamble to this segment um 
driving and music are sort of inextricably linked. Yes. Uh, there are a lot of songs about driving, whether it's, you know, Steppenwolf, <laughs> Get Out on the Highway, or if that's George Thurgood, I'm not sure. I think it's Steppenwolf. Is that Born to be Wild? That's Born to be Wild. Yeah. Which, you know, same thing. Yeah, there's plenty of songs yep. that are classics about driving. Did you see that ruffian on the side of the road, by the way? <laughs> I didn't. Where was he? Dude, he was wearing a bright yellow shirt. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I wasn't he looking. He looked stranded. Uh, maybe, maybe we should have like, We loop back around and pick him up. Yeah, maybe. Dude, he gets it on the pod. <laughs> yeah, guest, special guest, ruffian from the side of the Dude, road. maybe the street tough has some, some insights. Some hot takes. Yeah, maybe he's like, yeah, my favorite memory was listening to uh, the second Built to Spill record. Like, wait, what? On the drive from Nebraska down to... Uh, you know, it's like, El Paso. Like, okay, holy you shit, some shit, man. It's like, dude, this guy. He's like, yeah, that was a real drive. He's like, also recorded my much better podcast on the way down. Dude, you're actually you're a nuanced fellow. Like, you're pretty cool. Maybe you become a recurring guest. Yeah. Take over for uh, Shock Jock Jock, who couldn't come. Thank oh, oh, God. oh. By the way, thank God he couldn't come. I, I wouldn't want him in my car. I want him within 20 feet of my. Well, car. Do you know he'd rip a butt? Yeah, you'd be smoking the whole time. He'd probably drink too. My question is, Jake, what is Shock Jocks, in your opinion, what do you think his thoughts on, on Pinterest would be? Oh, dude, first of all, he wouldn't know how to navigate it. He doesn't, you, like, Twitter, he understands because it's simple enough, I feel like. But but anything more sort of nuanced than that where you have to, like, pin... I, I'm not I'm not totally familiar with Pinterest, but... Sounds you, like you and Shock Jock are pretty similar. Well, no, not really, but, like, where well, you... I mean, Maybe. Where you have to categorize things based on interests and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. He, well, first of all, he'd have like two interests it would, or three. It would be rockin'. guitars, which would be axes. He'd have rockin', which would be a second, dis like, not quite distinct category. <laughs> and he would not, like, he would be pretty liberal with what goes to both. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd be mostly the same. Yeah. And his third would be like chicks. Spelled C H I X. And what would end up happening is there'd be a lot of actual. Like baby chickens that would show up as pictures. Right, but it'd be really confusing. You'd be pissed. Interspersed with like pictures of girls holding like neon green um, Ibanez guitars in front of their their naked bottoms. Right. Um, uh, also, for for listeners, if you get a little more road noise, we just across the state border from New Hampshire to Massachusetts. Big shout to Mass. Their highways are shit. They're much, much worse so that you're probably experiencing an underwater sound at this point. <laughs> yeah. You went from the smooth sailing highways of New Hampshire, uh, amber waves of grain, so to speak, also, to, to also, this rocky road. Can I say, um, highways of New Hampshire, big friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod. You know what? And they really are because until we had the new house, I would take 293 to 93 yep. up to, to get to Sean's house. Big friend of the pod. There you go. The, 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 highways, the highways of New Hampshire. Big shout to NH Dot. Dude, got, got to give it up for NH Dot at any opportunity. So for driving segments, we wanted to talk about best uh, albums we've listened to while driving. You want to get you want to get this one rolling? Um, yeah. Okay, so one of them off the top of my head, and I, I wrote some down. Okay, but, look at your and list. this is eyes and ears for me. Okay, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go through the ones that I remember. So one of them I remember when I was a kid. Was, and this was one of my first full-length albums that I would listen to front to back. And I would always listen to it on long car rides as a kid. This was American Idiot. This was basically the first great in-the-car music listening experience that I had. We had one of those together recently. We did. We did, yeah. We played American Idiot on the way to a concert just like this. That's, that's exactly right. So 
That one is a big one for me. What's one for you? Um, a big one for me is, uh, so I have a few. One is Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones. I remember um, my senior year of high school was, was winding down. It was like May, June. I was getting into the Stones. Um, and it's actually Exile on Main Street and Sticky Fingers. Both were in constant rotation in my car. Both great, great albums. And they really captured sort of the like grimy heat of the summer well. Yeah, I remember yeah. driving my, uh, it was a little Saturn sedan. Yeah, it had a spoiler. It so. had a spoiler on it. I was definitely A, the coolest kid in high school, and B, the coolest, uh, had the coolest car. And just so listeners know, by the way, this wasn't a... Ooh, some bumps. Like a douchey spoiler that Jake drilled on there. No. This was like a baby spoiler that came stuck on the car. Just for reference also, this Saturn, it, it was a small car. Really small. It was like kind of a half-ass attempt at a sports car. Basically, my stepdad lived in California. Long story short, he brought that car with him. It was not made for New Hampshire, but it, so I got it. I inherited it as my first car. Ooh, this, that might have been shock, junk, shock. I just went by. Going by on his hog. Nah, this that guy's hair is too short. So that's one. Do you want me to cue you on another? Uh, I do have another one that I remember. It was actually it was a similar. It was a going back from a concert experience between the two of us. I don't remember which show exactly it was. It might have been Father John Misty, uh, and we put on You're Gonna Miss It All by Modern Baseball. Uh, yes. And we ended up singing along front to back the entire thing, both of us. That was a great experience. It actually made the drive back from a concert better than what it normally is. Well, we, we not only listened to that, but we threw in the EP as well. That's right. We had a whole modern, perfect cast. whole modern baseball sing-along car ride. Yeah, and you you know what it did was it took the, the drive back where usually there's a little less to say because you've been talking all night right. and turned it into uh, a nice little sing-along. Yes. Um, you know, another one for me, I think it's on your list too, so this will be a, a, a double hitter, not a phrase, not anything. Double hitter is not a thing. No. Um, Whitney. Yeah. We, on the way back from the tallest man on earth, uh, to just make this, to add white on white, <laughs> um, blonde on blonde, we uh, we popped on, or Sean popped on, the new Whitney record, um, Light Upon the Lake, and uh, just a perfect little summer album. I sang along to most of it. Um, you not only sang along to it, you also did like your little horn guitar sounds. and horn noises that you do with your mouth. Yeah. Like, do, do one right now. <laughs> Yeah. Is it bothering you? No, no, it's actually, it's really funny when you do it. <laughs> I think I was hitting the nose. You were. I gotta say. Uh, yeah, Whitney was one for me, so I think we talked about this when I when we talked about the album, but I was on my way to a hike earlier in the summer, and it was a beautiful day out, windows were down, I popped on Whitney, and it was one of those very present, transcendent experiences that you have that just kind of stick with you. Uh, with a, with an album. Yeah, so and actually, great. now that you mention it, I've mentioned it on the pod before, but I had a good driving listen to Whitney before this one too, with uh, with Mary Kate on our way back from uh, from Conway. We already talked about Northern New Hampshire and yes. all that earlier. Yes. Speaking of Northern New Hampshire, another for me, and this falls into the camp of being driven. So there are some that it, it involves me driving. There are some that involve me like sort of on a family trip, being driven around. One of those um, was the was Fleet Fox's first full yep. length. Yep. Yep. Fleet Fox is the self-titled. Um, this was made extra beautiful. The music already is very pastoral and like folky, as you know. But like we were up north in like the north country of New Hampshire, driving through the mountains and those winding roads. I was I remember I was distinctly I was laying in the back of a van. I think we had a rental van, and I was like laying in the back. Being back. able to lay oh, during a, a car ride is a game changer. It's a game changer, and I was in the the wayway back, which is the coveted spot. Yes. 
because you can be like alone. Yeah. And I laid across the back and listened to Fleet Foxes like several times. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a great one. Yeah. So another one for me, and this is summer related. Uh, you know what I've noticed? A lot of these are, are summer related because I, I feel like summer is just a time when memories and associations yeah. with music really end up sticking with you. So these four albums I'm about to say were on constant rotation in the summer of 2012. And these albums are Ocean by Dive, he Heaven by The Walkman, Channel Orange by Frank Ocean, and Celebration Rock by Japan Droids. Those four albums were the soundtrack of my summer of 2012, which was the last, like, completely free summer I had when I was in, like, like teenager, not yet adult mode. Were you I was still in college, point, yeah. still in college. Didn't have a ton of responsibility. I just had a couple part-time jobs, and the rest of the time was spent going to the lake, hanging out with friends, going on trips, going camping, yeah. and all four of those albums would soundtrack each one of those opportunities, and just amazing summer slash summer driving experience. Those are some awesome records, and it's hard to believe, I think we were talking about this the other day, that Ocean and Frank Ocean's album, Channel Orange, both of them are now four years old this month. I, Actually, I think Ocean came out late June of that year. I was looking the other night. Yeah, I really can't believe that. Time is flying. It really has. So I got a couple others. I've mentioned this one on the podcast, Bitches Brew by Miles Davis. It's not what I would call a good driving album, and that, but it's a great driving album because it basically makes you feel like you're on some sort of a hallucinogen. Maybe, maybe this is a new segment. Good or great? Yeah, is it good or great? This is great, not good. Okay. So if you pop Bitches Brew on, especially during the day, it's a disorienting experience. <laughs> yeah. Because it is Miles like bending the laws of what sound can do with his with his like his horn and like his like two drum ensemble, and uh, just the dissonance and weirdness of that album makes your drive feel a little trippier. So I always yeah. feel like I went on a little, uh, you know, took a little trip. <laughs> uh, really blasting off. <laughs> Blast so off. I got one more for you that I didn't put in the Google Doc. Um, whenever I go visit my sister, she lives in Maine, so she's about like an hour and a half, almost two hours away, depending on traffic and, and the drive. Uh, whenever I go, I always seem to end up putting on Modest Mouse, and it's Ooh. always either Moon in Antarctica, Lonesome Crowded West, or, fittingly, this is a long drive for someone yeah. with nothing to think about. Those are actually all great traveling albums in general because they're on the long side. They're about an hour long, a little bit more sometimes. And if you're looking to kill chunks of time but not have it be an unwieldy listen, those are great ones to put on. I actually got into those a lot when I went out to San Francisco last year for work on the airplane. Yeah. Uh, I put those on great, great traveling records. A couple more from me. One that has to do with also being like a family trip. I went with my family out to California and I got into Death Cab during that time. I think I've mentioned that before. Like the album Plans and Transatlanticism were huge for me. Uh, another experience where I was like in the back of a, of a, like a rental it car. It like you're just getting shoved in the back and just taken it's wherever. Just, it's where Are I want to be. Are you sure you, wouldn't want, you weren't like kidnapped, Jake? Uh, Sounds like you're stuck in the back of vans well, a lot. There was a point in my life where I had a different family and then all of a sudden I had this new family. Family. That sounds like you were kidnapped. No, well, they explained it to me. They said that, like, I fell and hit my head. But I, I don't remember my first family. That sounds well. like they hit you on the back of the head and shoved you in a van and took you away. That's weird, because my brother remembers our first family, too. That, okay. It sounds like you and your brother were both kidnapped when you were kids. And honestly, I'm shocked you're so well-adjusted. Oh, man. 
I think we should stop the show. <laughs> but I think we have to go on. Yeah, let's the show going. has to go on. Let's keep going. I have one more. Um, I'll always associate um, David Bowie with Vermont. So this is a weird one. Uh, Basically, this is an extension of the whitest thing I did this week. Yes. This is this is could basically be called the whitest life ever. And it's basically just Jake and I talking about all the New England excursions that we have. Basically, if the words David Bowie and Vermont are in the same <laughs> sentence, it's one of the whiter things that's been said in the world that, that yeah. day. Uh, but this is interesting to me because last August I went uh, on like sort of a spur of the moment trip with Mary Kate out to Vermont. We drove to Burlington because we had never really been. Listened to, I was on a big Bowie kick, so we popped on uh, Hunky Dory and then Low. And then um, jumped to January of this year, I was going to a conference for work with, with uh, Travis, big friend of the pod, um, and we're driving, and this is like the day after Bowie died, and so we listened to some Bowie on the way, and we, the conference was in Saratoga Springs, New York, so we drove through Vermont. So I'll always associate Bowie with driving through Vermont. How's that? That's a weird one. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that's an interesting one. All right, what else do we have here on the agenda? Um, we have one more thing for the ride down. Okay. And that is, Sean, rank our five favorite driving activities. So this is not music okay. related. Okay. Okay. <laughs> do you want me to Well, go? it kind of is. So I'm going to I'm going to rank we'll do we'll do a, a power ranking slash Mount Rushmore. So number 1 for both is recording podcasts. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Definitely number 1. No, number Okay, I'll give you I'll give you four. Uh one no one for me is just sitting headphones on listening to music in silence. And being <laughs> That's number one. Yeah, I wrote that in the Google Doc. I wrote having headphones on and being quiet. That's number one for me. Number two is uh, having songs or music play over the speakers, singing along by myself. Okay. Number so you'd rather be alone. Yes. Number three is singing along with other people. Okay. You got two more spots. Number four... I'm gonna go with <laughs> listening to music with other people in the car, but in silence. <laughs> and then number five, uh, I'm gonna say the alphabet game. Okay, okay, so just to, to recap yours. Yeah. You have driving alone, no, being driven around and listening to music in silence on headphones. Yes. That's number one. Yes. Then driving alone, listening to music alone and singing along. Yeah. That's number two. Third was singing along with friends. Yep. Fourth was having music play with friends but silence. Yep. And five is the alphabet game. That is correct. Okay, okay. That just, what, to, you just to clarify. So you stole my number one, which is sitting alone and being quiet okay. and popping on okay. headphones and, and listening to, to music. Um, so I'm going to throw in some games. I'm a big fan of the I went on a picnic and I brought. So this is good for a long game where you can't. You, a, a is long this drive. the one where you all have to say something that begins with the letter in the alphabet? Yeah. So we, fuck that game. I like this game. That game is the most tedious bullshit I've ever experienced in my life. I hate playing that game in the car. Hot take city here, Sean. I like it because it's time consuming and it tests your memory and I'm good at it. Fuck that game. All right, well, it's stressful and I don't want to be stressed in the car. It doesn't because I need because Jake, as you know, I am ultra competitive and I need to win everything at all costs. Fair. So I can't just like sit back right. and have fun without turning it into like a, a 
a must win. Yeah, I mean it's like a real it's like a really really easy game. If you can remember twenty six things in a row, you're good. And it's like pretty easy because you get the mnemonic stuff and stuck in your head. I don't like it. I'm gonna go with that for like number it. two. That's a bad actually, number two. All right, well that's I'm gonna actually knock that down. I'm just trying to get my okay. list in no particular order. Okay. Another thing I really like singing along with friends in the car. Okay. Playing like a better song. than the alphabet game. I'm throwing that out there. Okay. Well, you put the alphabet game on your list, which is weird. So, no, no, no. I meant the that your shitty alphabet game. Oh, got you. Yeah. So another thing I like is like playing a song everyone likes, singing along with everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a ridiculous <laughs> game. As a, as a kid, I used to play a game with my brother on long drives. This is pre or post kidnapping. Uh, well, pre and post. I actually think this might have been a coping mechanism. This was a holdover. Okay. Yeah. Um, where you try to make each other laugh. So this is one where, like, if you're two hours into a very long drive and you're teetering on insanity, right? Um, you, if you're two little kids in the back seat, you like try to stay straight faced as long as you can and do stupid shit to the other person to try to make them laugh. Yeah. I laugh easier than he does, so he would usually win. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a, it's, it's a fun game. Um, I also have. Let me see. I'm running out here. I feel like you took a lot of good ones with all your ones Dude, about listening to music. That, you can you can use those too. So what did I have? I had, I had the picnic game. <laughs> I, had, yeah. I had listening. So I'm gonna go with just listening to music on headphones. Okay. That's one of them. Okay. Uh, so that's four, and five. I'll say I spy as a game. That, I spy I'll, with yeah, my yeah, little yeah, eye. I, you know I feel bad that you went second. Because you had to scrape the bottom of the barrel for I Spy well, here's the, and the fucking picnic game. Well, here's the thing, Sean. You picked basically four things that were all the same and then just said the alphabet game. <laughs> uh, how's the, the alphabet al- game's fun. How's okay. it played? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm so for anyone who doesn't know, basically, you're on, depending on how many people, so let's say there's four people in the car, you split up into teams of two. Or you can play all play individually. Okay. And what you do is you look for signs, license plates, cars, and you try, you call out in order, like, oh, uh, hospital, that has an A in hospital. And then you move on to B and you say, oh, uh, Mercedes Benz, B, Benz. And you go C, and then you just work your way finding things in the context of the highway that have the next that letter. That have the next letter. That until sounds... you're done. It's really fun because you can. You end up getting to like J and X in, in weird letters, and yeah. like everyone's just on the lookout to, this, to snipe one. So, like, if I were in the car, would someone cheat and be like Jake? No, no, you have it has to, to be see it. External. It has to like it has to be on a sign or on a car. Okay, it can't yeah, just yeah. be like oh this thing begins. Does it with have a... to be a word or can it be like if say I was on C, could I say car? No. Okay. No, so no, it has no, to be. You have to be able to see the actual letter. So if I saw civic. That would count as right. C or V exactly. or, or GMC, I, like on this truck right here. Got it. Like, that so would that, count. that would be a you would right. get a, a few there. Right. So dude, that, that's just some that's some riveting listening right there. <laughs> that's our top five. <laughs> Maybe we gave some new games for people to play in the car. Yeah, I mean you shit all over mine, even though four of your five were the same thing. Listening there to are, music, Jake. So basically, Look, your ranking your listeners. ranking was this. Your ranking was this: listening to music, listening to music, listening to music, listening to music. I I won't game. have you slander. My, my great list that I put together. Look, here's, here's our, we'll no, no, no. Our listeners are smart people. They'll yeah, understand yeah. the nuanced list that I put together. It was expertly curated. Yours was, I don't even know what. You're sitting in the backseat pulling your pud with your brother. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> you know what? We were abducted, so... <laughs> so maybe have a little sympathy. I'm, I'm not at liberty to discuss some of the things we've been forced to do. 
But uh, but you know you're bringing up some old, <laughs> some bad memories. All right, you're triggering me. You're triggering Safe me. Safe space. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So I think with that we're out of like segments. Yeah, we are. To we do are. on the way down. That's fine. I mean, it's. I think it's been probably about half hour, forty-ish yeah. minutes. We'll so, probably wrap it here, and we'll come back for uh for our post-show takes. So stay tuned, and um, next you hear us, we'll be grizzled, we'll be older. Wait, that's a fact. We'll be a couple older people with less life to live, and we'll have just seen a concert by the hotelier that'll host hopefully be awesome. Skyline uh, just came into view, by the uh, way, for the, the beautiful Boston Skyline. Big friend of the pod. The inspiration, <laughs> the inspiration for Make It by Aerosmith. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Yeah, I read half of Steven Tyler's biography, and in it, he described driving from Sunapee, New Hampshire, down to Boston, where they all got like a, uh, an apartment together. Uh-huh. And he said he saw the skyline, and it inspired him to write a song. Wow! So there you go. That's, That's just great. you know what? That's great. The last 15 minutes of this have been gold. <laughs> it's in my been opinion. some of the best material we've ever put to absolutely to, to paper. Aerosmith fans will rejoice. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. All right, we will see you after the jump. Stay tuned. Initial thoughts, Jake. Um, so first off, I was semi-right with what they'd open with. Yeah. We, my guess was they would open with the drums from Goodness Part Two. They kind of did that. Christian Holden came out and like a cappella sang a couple lines. Really from like, interesting. From like a new verse of it, but it was the same melody. And then the band came out and the drummer started playing that like drum. So drum at beat. first, I thought he was legitimately reciting his spoken word poem that kicks off the album, and I like tapped you a little bit. I gave you a look like, is he really doing this right now? <laughs> but it ended up just being uh, goodness, goodness part two, which I thought was a great opener, perfect opener. Opener, I thought a very good opener and they so then they jumped in from from doing goodness they jumped into piano player yep. and then they played like one of those little the songs that has the name is just coordinates right, right and they right. jumped into your deep rest which uh, got the place pretty lit it did so yeah we said that your deep rest would be uh, one of the closers or encore songs it wasn't Incorrect. it was a fourth Wait. song it took me by surprise yeah. I appreciated hearing it that early but you know, maybe that would have been better off as a closer. I don't know. Actually, I think it worked where it was. Actually, I really do think it worked It worked where, where it was. was. It got the crowd way into it. it so did. here's the thing. In a similar fashion to how um, I think Ian Cohen was writing how modern baseball fans were reacting more to You're Gonna Miss It All songs than Holy Ghost, I feel like this crowd was getting more uh, getting more into the songs. Uh, okay, from that is a great point. I thought about that the entire time. I actually specifically thought of Cohen's saying that about fans not interacting with modern baseball new songs as much. I thought it was much more pronounced. With Hotel Year. With Hotel Year. It was. People got big for songs from home 
and they seemed more subdued with the songs from goodness however which is natural i guess that's right because the songs from goodness are they're a different vibe they are a little more laid back than the songs from home are so it makes sense yeah it does i i mean like with with your deep rest and then they went right into uh is it was it, is it wallflowers? It was wildflowers. Wildflowers. I can never remember if it's called wallflowers or wildflowers. Yeah, wildflowers. Yeah. Because um, the way he sings it kind of sounds like. So let know. me let me throw this out there. Uh, so wildflowers, and then they went into life and drag. So I actually like when bands will follow the album order In at sequence, least somewhat, which they on, did for both those parts. Yeah, which I really liked. So if you guys are familiar with the hotelier, you'll know that the end of Wildflowers gets a little screamy. Yeah. And then when you go into Life of Drag, that song's all screaming. So it took me a while to, to come around on those songs just because I'm not a big, like, constant screaming in a song guy. I like it in context. I like it in certain situations, but not just constant. However, I really, really liked that live. So I didn't realize that there was, like, a back and forth between the guitarist singing slash screaming and yeah. then Christian the lead singers screaming I thought it really worked I thought it was great the guitarist who I at the end of the show said hey good showman and he looked at me shocked and maybe nodded he didn't seem like he interacted with people well no I mean his, he, shirt, his shirt literally said normal people scare me yeah which is I mean I, I like to think that we're somewhat normal but I agree um, so those songs are interesting because with um, Wildflowers I have always really liked that song and that um, that like the riff and that like the main part of that song. But the part where it gets screamy for the longest time, I thought that was another song. I didn't realize because it transitions right. pretty hard, right. and I thought right. like, oh, right. it just jumps right into a new song. Yep. And it does. It gets there's that screaming in it, and it's the same for uh, Life and Drag. But um, it was actually like when I would go out running and listen to the Hotel Year, Life and Drag would pump me up. Oh because yeah. Because that yeah. song like really goes. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I I really enjoyed that live. What did you think about the encore, Sean? Because here the encore, they came out and went with uh, introduction to the album, right. and uh, what's the name of the second song? Scope of All This Rebuilding, or what? Yeah, yeah. From from uh, from, from home. home. So they ended their initial set with. Uh, opening, opening letters, letters for grandma yeah which i thought was a wild choice like why not throw literally anything else in there yeah interesting call um, and then i i mentioned to you as they went off jake i was like i need four more songs i need introduction to the album i need yeah. scope of all this rebuilding yeah. i need in framing and i need end of real and we only, got, we only got two of them and honestly we got the two that i like the least of those four Oh, really? Yeah. I like End of Real, and I like In Framing better than both the songs they actually did. Oh, uh, see, I would have picked it the way they did it. Because Introduction to the Album is is one of my... It was awesome. I will, I will give you that, the build on that song, and everyone was feeling it. That was awesome. Yeah, so Introduction is either... It's my probably second favorite on Home. I love that song, and I think that um, there's potential for it to have that sort of literally that intro sort of um, feeling about it where people will write it off a little bit because it is the first track yeah. um, and there's this tendency with intros to be like oh it's just sort of the warm up I think right. that song stands up really well on its own yeah. interesting thing about it is it's sort of it's the same riff and basic melody just over and over and over yeah it is Yeah. and he yeah. just like screams it in different ways it worked really well live and what was cool was when we were at the... So the Sinclair is a venue that has a mezzanine balcony. My first time being there. Um, and 
we were up in the balcony, which was really cool. So we actually got to see people reacting, like the entire crowd view of people reacting I'm to glad it. You brought this up. And we with a lot of a lot of reaction to that song. And so what's interesting, Jake, is almost every show in this scene that we go to, whether it be Modern Baseball, Joyce Manor, I think you can throw Beach Slang into there as well. Um, there's a guy who's always towards the front and he's doing this thing. His fist isn't in the air. Yep. It's like an open palm, like he he's like it's it's almost like the apostles in the fucking <laughs> Last Supper painting where they're just deferring to the lead singer and they're just like kind of pleading, singing the lyrics back, and it's open palmed, just both hands. There's that guy and, and that guy's at every single show. That guy, that same guy. And there's always a few people who are doing an almost closed fist point. Pointing, they're pointing, yeah. yes. They're pointing back I, at the singer screaming yes. all the lyrics. I'm convinced it's four people uh, that are at every single show we go to doing that same Pointing, move. screaming pointing the lyrics back at Or point. having an open palm pleading with them. So here's something I've learned at these shows, and I think that this has been true. I mean, anyone who's listened to the podcast knows this. Dude, honestly, people, a lot of people who are into bands know lyrics better than me. Oh, okay, so... By a long shot. People at this show, especially for the ones off home, like No Place yeah. Is There, were screaming Dude, every fucking words, word back. And I was words. like, I would scream the parts I remember. Right, me too. Because I knew the melody of every song, I knew right. all the instrumental cues, right. but I noticed, like, I don't know, like, all the words to these songs. So, I really don't. Yeah, and we've talked a lot about this on the podcast, that I'm a big lyrics guy. And I usually, I know a lot of lyrics. Hotelier is a band, it's hard to know what those lyrics are unless you're looking them up and studying them. Yeah. And I was actually impressed with the audience. I was like, wow, you guys actually, you know came your correct. shit. Yeah you, came, yeah, you came correct. And I did not know as much as them. And this is a rare time where usually I know most all the words. This was not the case. No, I didn't either, and, and that's not actually atypical for me at all. Because usually, right. I, it takes me until I get to a show to usually realize, I'm like, oh, I like don't know the words to this song. It's weird, because what'll happen to me is, as I'm at the show, and I'm hearing this song, I'm like, I know this whole song, and as lyrics go by me, and I'm hearing them, I'm like, oh yeah, that right, that is the lyric. Yeah. But I don't like remember the exact words. It's strange. For some reason, for me, it's like it's the melody and like the instruments. That's what like just stays with me. Yep. And, it, and like the overall mood, I guess. Yeah. For me, the Hotel Year is a more melody than lyric band, actually. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I didn't. I just didn't know them as well as I usually do. So, instrumentation-wise, this was kind of an eye-opening show for me. So, I knew that drumming would be really, really good. What I didn't realize actually was how important. Christian Holden's bass playing was. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I, and, and bass playing is something that I usually just don't pay attention to or realize too much of. His bass playing, though, drives a lot of these songs. It, it really holds them down. What I think is really interesting about the hotel year, and I'm glad you brought this up, is that you don't see a lot of dudes or girls get up there as lead singers and play bass. It's a Getty Lee thing. It's a Hush. Getty Lee, it's a Paul McCartney thing. That's right. It's That's a right. rarity. And it's interesting to see someone in this scene doing it. And there are, I think, on goodness especially, a lot of songs where the bass lines are very melodic, yeah. very much driving sort of the the overall melody action of a song. Yep. And and 
you got to give him credit. I mean, Christian Holden was up there holding that down yep. and singing his heart. I mean, he's, he always sings with yep. that, like, totally impassioned, borderline yeah. screaming way. So it's, yeah, it's interesting you bring up the singing because what I mentioned immediately after we left the show was that I wish the vocals were a little bit more clear. So sometimes I think what can end up happening with with live shows is the vocals get kind of drowned out by the rest of the instrumentation. I think that happened a little bit here. Either that or sometimes he was singing with such passion that he ended up maybe not singing into the mic all the time. So some of the lines and the lyrics and stuff weren't as noticeable as they could have been. But also the, the argument to that as well the lyrics and the, the the singing on that album in the mix, they're they're lower down. They're not as they're not as clear either in the mix of that album. So it makes sense that it would be that way live. Well, that was interesting too. Was that um, goodness as an album seems like it would be? It's not an overly complex album instrumentally, but it, it has a lot of nuances and weird sort of silences and yeah. different cues. Yep. I feel like as a band, it must take a long time to get to get tight on that. I would agree. To, to like, yep. to get to a point where you can play those songs yep. and really know them. Because there's like, that album is so, I, I mean, say what you will about it. I mean, I know we both really like it, but I, it's it truly is like in some ways unique. And unique isn't a word I just throw around because it means, like, actually singular. Right. There are some things about it I, I really don't feel like I've ever heard. Yep. Where, like, he uses, like, the spoken word, like, just drums. Right. Like, that must, as a band, I feel like there must have been a period where getting all those guys on board with that and learning yeah. it, right? Yeah. I felt like they played it pretty tight. Today. I think they did, too. And we, we had talked about before the show, we were, we were having some beers, and we were like, you know what? I've heard some mixed things about their live show. You said you had seen some videos about how maybe they weren't as tight as they could have been or didn't didn't sound that good Um, I think instrumentally it sounded great I thought they were very very tight and they hit they hit all the right notes yeah the the, the video I was referring to was a YouTube video I watched them perform some songs off of home Um, I don't know probably was like three four years ago whenever that record came out uh, or a little before even and they sounded way better playing them tonight. Your Deep yeah. Rest was awesome. It was like really, they did really a really good, good job. Introduction to the album was really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, it was about what I like expected. Um, I, I, you know what, Christian Holden was a little warmer with the crowd I, than I thought. You know what I think it was it because be. it was kind of a hometown show for them. They're from Worcester, Mass. But which don't is... don't they seem like a band who wouldn't give a fuck about that? They'd be like, oh, who cares? Like, yeah. uh, where what is home? Yeah. Like what? Yeah, you're, you're right. But he did he did reference it a few times. He's like, yeah. we got a lot of friends here. Like this. When he before he played two deliverances, he's like, "This is the only song that we have that's like about Boston." Yeah, which was actually interesting because you'd have no idea that was actually no. the case. I thought, I mean, and, and I thought they should have jumped into shipping off to Boston. Yeah, I mean, like, I thought they were really good. I think actually better than I expected them to be. Um, What's interesting, though, is when you... So we went with another friend tonight. We went with our friend Matt, big friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod. And he doesn't know them as well as we do. Right. And whenever I go to a show with someone who doesn't know the band as well, 
I'm always like a little, I get a little defensive about the band or I get a little, I'm always, I'm always rooting for them a little harder to put on a great show to like yeah. prove my, my opinion of them right. And to like make sure that my recommendation to also come to this show with me was, was not in vain. Yeah. So and, they don't think like, what the fuck did they, did right. Sean get me into? Exactly. And I think, so I went to beach slang with Matt yep. on my recommendation. He loved it. And I, this one was didn't hit the highs that Beach Slang did for him, but I think he still really enjoyed it, which was good. So how, because I was thinking about that too a little bit. Yeah. With that mentality in mind, how like kind of nervous were you when Christian Holden came out on stage and just started singing acapella for like maybe a full minute? That didn't bother me because I was like, you know what? This is cool because this is a unique thing you don't ever see. Okay. And it's like, oh, wow, what's going on here? This is interesting. I'm engaged. And it's like, that was actually a cool thing. And I actually felt good right away. I was like, okay, this is going to be all right. Did you notice that he had his hand over his heart? I did. And that part of the lyrics he sang in that preamble thing yep. were about the national anthem? Yeah, yeah. It was to the like melody of the national anthem. Or it, was, the national it wasn't anthem. the melody. It was the same melody as... No, that was the line. It was yeah, to, the, yeah, yeah. to the tune oh, of the national got, anthem. Oh, got you, got you. Sorry. Like yeah, yeah. Um, okay, because I thought... I was like, ooh, maybe this isn't making the best impression. I was like, this is yeah. definitely a little weird. He comes out and, I mean... You, got, you really have to hand it to the hotelier. They they are weird in a lot of ways. They really are. And, like, we've talked before about that stereo gum feature that turned us off a little bit to some of Christian Holden's politics. But as a band, they, they do some singular stuff. And, and the way they get out there and, and, and sort of um, display themselves is, is really interesting. I mean, to come out and sing that a cappella and then go through and have the drummer just play the drum part yeah. all the way through just yep. like they do on the album and to do the little interludes just like they do on the album. Yep. I mean, that takes a certain kind of like uh, low threshold for caring about what it people does, think. It does, because I thought that those little interludes would have just being thrown out in a live show. Like, oh, yeah. there's no chance they do those. Well, they, they did They did a, a few of them. And they weren't even really playing them. They no, like they, just, recorded, they just recorded versions. versions, which was cool. So I think this show for me kind of, and we were also talking before the show about how in the last few weeks we actually hadn't listened to goodness at all, really. Um, this show reminded me of how awesome not only this band was, but that album specifically is and how unique it is, and the little nuances of that album. You forget how great certain parts of those songs are until you hear them again, and I think this was a good refresher and reminder. It's like, holy shit, like on You in This Light or on Sun. Yeah. Like, what they're doing on there is really, really cool. It's interesting. And you forget about it. I totally agree, and I'm was. I if, I'm glad you said it because I was going to, is, is that this was a concert where it really did its job. It made me want to listen to the record. Me too. It made me want to me listen too. to both. Me too. Like, I definitely plan on maybe listening to both of those Hotelier records tomorrow. Absolutely, um, yes. And, and, yeah, it's just, they're such an interesting band. I'm so curious to understand. Curious. Curious, Mr. Potter. <laughs> I'm curious to understand, um, what their like band dynamic is? Yeah, because yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it feels very much like to make a comparison to a, like a basketball team. Where I feel like with like if it was the Bulls, Jordan's Bulls, everyone knew it was Michael's team. Right. I feel like everyone knows this is Christian's band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no one, no one in the band. I, I was happy to see the guitarist doing some of the singing, 
but do you, I don't get the feeling that any of the other members feel any ownership I of the band or of their identity or with their message. I, I think to the mo- at most it's the guitarist because it actually seems like it's pretty important for him to be in it from a singing perspective. He did a good job screaming. He did. Songs. He really did. But uh, you know, the drummer's good. The other guitarist is good. I feel like is that other if, guitarist, Chris, if, if Christian wants those guys are, are replaceable in well, two seconds. Well, that other guitarist was not in that stereo gun. Feature. No, he was not. I, and I was thinking, I was he like, might be a free agent. Is this? Yeah, is this just like a, a touring musician that they grabbed? He or? didn't seem exactly like engaged. No, he was like, I'm wearing a Chicago Bears hat. I'm doing my thing. I'm just, I'm like here for the paycheck. Maybe it didn't seem like part of their aesthetics. So right. Much. No, he didn't. It did not seem that way. So yeah, definitely. I'm. So, I, I've heard a lot about. I think Ian Cohen, like we've we've referenced him a bunch, and Stephen Hyden when they talked about the hotelier on their on the Celebration Rock podcast, they talked about how like who knows how long the hotelier even lasts. Yeah. Uh, like they didn't. There were no overt signs they weren't happy. No. But they also. They didn't perform like a band that like loves each other and like really no. is out for the communal right. experience that right. is being in a band. Right. I will say though, I got no perception at all that that was the case at all. When I went to go see Beach Slang, oh, yeah. I felt tension between that band right. and it felt like members of that band legitimately hated the lead singer. James Where, like, Alex. I, w- I would look at the guitarists and or the the bass player and the guitarist and they would just like not be amused by the shit that that James Alex was doing on stage and you know what to that point the drummer in that band is not in the band anymore um, oh, yeah. he, he quit the band so like I you know there's stuff going on behind the scenes with a beach slang um, and that was palpable on stage not so much with hotelier no and I guess what I mean was that it just so if you look at like a modern baseball, I mean, they're probably the extreme example the other way. Right. But they're a band that, like, they're up there on stage, or sorority noise, they're having fun together. Right. And it's clear they're kind of friends. Right. To me, the Hotelier didn't seem outright, uh, you know, sort of, like, antagonistic. But it seemed like there was some indifference. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, and, and like we said, maybe this guitarist is just this, like, free agent guitarist that they, they yeah. just picked up. They're like, hey, yeah. we, like, they literally... They, they signed him to a veteran minimum contract. Yeah. And he, they're just plugging him in. They just auditioned a dude. That's right. Because th- this guy in, like, a Chicago Bears cap doesn't seem right. part of the aesthetic. Right. right. He Not, played the songs yeah. fine. Yeah, I would agree. But, yeah, for me, overall, really enjoyable. Um, I had some, some great moments where I was like truly present and enjoying it uh, which is you know that's not always the case with me at shows sometimes I'm thinking about how uncomfortable I am standing there how much I just kind of want to leave I had moments where I was truly truly present and enjoying it um, which is all you can really ask for in a show. Yeah, I had some moments where I was screaming along with the lyrics, yep. singing along loudly, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I will say, The Hotelier has some of those bands. An introduction to the album is one, Your Deep Rest is one, where you can really, there are, there are lyrical moments you can really look forward to like yep. singing or screaming along with. Yes. Um, a lot of fun. Um, Absolutely. So any, any last overall thoughts about driving, about anything? Um, you know what, actually, when we were talking about the differences between what it is to drive down and what it is to drive back. I'm not feeling a lot of the um, kind of that, that letdown on the drive back. It, no. Part of it, I think, is maybe because I was excited to come back on and share my thoughts yeah. in the podcast. True. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. This is this is good. A great show. I feel good too. Um, and another part of it is it's a Thursday night. Well, it's actually technically Friday morning. That's true. One more day of work until the weekend. That's right. Um, so yeah, I'm that feeling, helps. That really like if we if this shows on a Monday or Tuesday, I'd want to blow my brains out right now. I would That's be. I would be in. I wouldn't have gone to the show probably. I would be in bad uh, in sort of a bad mood. And I wouldn't be talking like that. Like we couldn't probably do a podcast if right. it were if it, if it were twelve forty one a.m. on a fucking Tuesday. Yeah, I would not be in this mood. Yeah, I would no, be I way more like okay, let's just like maybe not talk so I yeah. can just get home and immediately go to sleep. Yeah. Um, yep. And like that makes it sound like we have to like go outside and and, and like break rocks for a living. <laughs> but like, like no, our, we have really easy cushy yeah, jobs. Yeah, we both like do sort of creative stuff. Yeah. But anyways, I think that being said, good show, good experience. Nice to go down and see Matt. Big friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod. Yeah, we're probably going to go see more shows with him, maybe do more of these podcasts if, if they end up uh, overlapping on a Thursday. I hope the sound wasn't too bad for Yeah, someone. hopefully it's decent. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's it. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Offline mode, Jake. You fucking kidding me? I can get it on my. You fucking kidding me? I'll get it on my phone. <laughs> I'll get it up on my phone. Uh, no, you can't do offline mode. We'll edit out that part where you like were abusive. Oh no, me. we're not. That stays. That's all right. I have it. Uh, should be here. Okay. Okay. All right.
did you add to it at all? I did. I did, actually. Oh. So you're going to need to be my eyes and ears, Jake. <laughs> in okay. terms of the Google Doc. I got my, I got my, I am uh, double nickels on the dime right now, that, okay? That, that sure, that sure is right. Okay, so, let me just get to the start. Okay, I'm ready when you are. All right, three, two, one. <laughs>